eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com, part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Casaza. Welcoming in. Hold on. Let me check my notes here. Chris Anderson. Um, It says you're a baseball coach, but you also own the website. (laughs) And fresh off vacation which predictably, Chris, activity in the formal sense with a commitment, also a decommitment, perhaps a silent commitment. Um, point being, once again, you step away. There's a lot of intrigue in the the beat that you cover so well, recruiting for West Virginia football. And that's what we're going to devote our time to today because, as we mentioned previously, June, very big month for the Mountaineers, who came in with significant momentum, had some, lost some, maybe gained some more that we don't quite yet know about. Seems like a lot of people are excited and um, just some strange things happening that I don't know. I think you could be still excited about it because the overall progress is not derailed. And also you kind of get to see what these coaches really get to do. They get to a certain level where they can get good players. Keeping them is one thing. It's kind of like that Seinfeld episode with the rental car. You know how to take the reservation. You know how to keep it, uh, get the commitment, keep the commitment. That's always hard too. But man, even sometimes you think you may have a sure thing from an in-state kid. Sometimes a rival may have a different opinion, and and these are things that we're learning so far and lately about the Mountaineers in this very predictably busy month. Yeah, a lot happened over the weekend. Good, bad, indifferent, unsure. Who knows? And I was trying to think back to last last summer. Last, you know, was was this happening in June? Was this kind of were fans up, down, all around, unsure what's going on? I mean, they're. The, the big commitment on Friday evening, James Hurd, and we can talk about him again in a minute, um, and that has fans going nuts. I think West Virginia got up inside the top 15 in the 24-7 sports team rankings at that time with, with his pledge. And then Sunday into Monday, all of a sudden Cameron Calhoun decommits, and then there's a crystal ball from some other insiders of Lath Ganum, the offensive lineman from George Washington down in Charleston to Virginia Tech. And everything's falling apart. And you're like, is it falling apart, though? West Virginia is still ranked number 20. Still has one of the highest rated classes ever right now. Maybe the highest rated class. I haven't updated it since Calhoun uh, was removed. But things are fine. And, and we there's a lot going on and a lot's going to change. And, and this happened last summer. This happened last year and is what I ended up finding out. Um, you know, got a couple early commitments and then people got excited and then bad news happened and everybody got down and, and this is just your, I guess this will be the daily, weekly, yearly, however many reminders you need of this. But June is a big month for every college in recruiting. 
every team in recruiting. And not every kid is going to go to West Virginia. So other when other teams are getting big news, getting great news, that means not great news for West Virginia. It's just, are you getting more good news than you're getting bad news? And right now, I'd say West Virginia is definitively on the positive side. Yeah, and you get to see their plan B or plan C is too. Like, it's one thing to get the top shelf stuff. That makes it easy. This is not a school that's going to have it easy. And sometimes you're going to have to go to the second or third shelf or reach deeper into the second shelf. And and honestly, like they've done so well with responses and recovery, whether it's to the transfer portal or needs and the commitment uh, capacity that, I don't know, you kind of want to see if this can continue. So, you know, you could back away or you can lean in. I think you would lean in right now. Let's go over the players individually here. Start uh, with Ganim and we'll go to Calhoun and fit in a uh, herd in between because I think that's probably the level of interest here. Um Ganim's a bummer if it does happen for for in-state purposes because you have Nestor, Milam, Frazier, Biggs. You have a really good core of offensive linemen from the state. And I don't know, but I think back to the years, that's been the position that the state has routinely produced very good Division One prospects offensive line. So to get them and to keep them here would be kind of cool. Now they've had some defects. Defects, is that the right word? Um, yeah. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of it. Defector. <laughs> not there defects. Those are very different words. They've had some defectors who've gone off to different places and, and played well and not played so well. But the guys they've gotten here, by and large, been quality players lately, back-to-back freshman All-Americans. And a guy from George Washington, who I understand is not originally from West Virginia, but still, he's there. He's playing in Charleston. That would be neat. Doesn't ultimately matter, I guess, if uh, they can replace that. But um, I guess that's the one thing that just stands out. This is a kid who was from Kentucky or Ohio. Eh, all right, fine. You know, you swing at someone else and see what happens. But a Charleston kid who I think had warmed up to the idea of playing in Morgantown, um, maybe entertaining different ideas right now. Beyond that, just kind of another brick in the wall. Yeah, so he was uh, a guy that showed up on Memorial Day with his father and went was just there to hang out for the most part. And it was a last-minute decision. And from what I was told, basically, he just kind of looked at his dad in the morning and was like, I want to go to West Virginia today. It's only a couple hours. Let's go. And just hopped in the car and came on up. Uh, the coaching staff was, you know, they're always inviting guys, guys like that, guys who are at the top of the board. It is an open invitation to get them on campus a hundred times in the summer. So they had been trying to get him to come that day. And he had kind of just decided that morning, I'm coming up uh, and told his dad, pack the car, let's go. And they drove up and he watched camp. And then in the second half of camp, he shed the street clothes and hopped in there to get some coaching from offensive line coach Matt Moore, uh, won the vast majority of his reps and, and really made an impression, got a tour, did all that good stuff and then went home. And, and, but, and speaking to people, it was, Hey man, he he made this choice to come up here when he obviously doesn't need to, and he's going to be back in five days for an official visit, yeah. four days. Um, and I was given the impression, hey, th- it's going to be difficult for him to end up somewhere that's not West Virginia, uh, based off of his reaction, how he's treating this, and uh, him wanting to get up so often for a variety of reasons. So, and, and then obviously comes up for the official visit, posts how great of a time he had on Sunday. And then Sunday night into Monday, it was on, while I was on vacation, so I don't know the exact moment the crystal ball went in. I know the exact moment I got 500 direct messages from people <laughs> on our message board being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, um, that he was going to Virginia Tech. So it's it's the timing strange to me. Um, 
because let me let me lay out that timeline right here for you. Visits West Virginia, visits Ohio State, visits West Virginia again, plans a visit to NC State, but in between there just commits to Virginia Tech two and a half weeks before he's supposed to visit them. Um, it, it, that's that's kind of odd timing wise. I'm not sure what you know what the rush is in making your commitment at that point. I don't understand that. But I guess it's possible. Anything's possible. We'll talk about uh, a similarly shocking timing here in a few minutes with Calhoun. But uh, the Ganem thing, but that, that would surprise me. Although, and I've said this for months now, I thought it was a West Virginia-Virginia Tech battle. And I know in the past we've talked about a few of those guys, like Frazier, like Milam. And I've been like, hey, it's like 80% West Virginia, 20% Tech. And others have disagreed with me, thinking it was more even. This one I thought was truly 50-50, you know, Mountaineers, Hokies. And I wasn't sure which way to go. And then I started, as soon as I started feeling good about West Virginia's chances, that crystal ball comes in. We'll see what happens. Because Ganem, not one to talk. Oh, those are the best, aren't they? Well, or the worst, I don't know. He, so he, you know, we, we go through this and I say something similar to that. Of I think it's a West Virginia, Virginia Tech battle with Wake Forest in a distant, distant third. And he sends me like a three paragraph message, just letting me know, hey, I essentially this is a, a press release and I'd like you to put it out for me saying, you know, I'm not focused on these schools. I'm opening up my recruitment. I'm taking some other visits. I'm going to, you know, UNC and South Carolina, NC State, all these other schools, which he did, which is great. Um, but it was kind of gave off the impression, hey, I don't want anybody to think that I'm just focused on these schools. I am open and ready. And. But no interviews after that, no interviews uh, during other visits, no interviews after official visits. I think the only people that caught him were caught him in person at camp and kind of, you know, I guess you could just tell him no if you wanted to. But when you catch him in person, you can you can talk to him some and nothing, nothing, nothing. And then he just tags me on Twitter and says, announcing a top four soon. My recruitment is closed. No announcement of a top four yet. So I don't know if we're skipping that step and going right to a commitment or if a top four is coming or or what's going on. This will not help matters. I understand that. But sometimes you just kind of tip your hat to the opponent here. And we'll get to one of the names here in a second for another matter with Calhoun. But he's getting recruited by Joe Rudolph. I'm talking of Ganim, of course. Um, mm-hmm. It's a big time coach. That's yeah. the former offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Wisconsin. He's the offensive line coach at Virginia Tech. If you look at the Big Ten recruiter rankings through the years, non-Ohio State edition, he's always one of the top ones. Um, so when you look at his pedigree as a recruiter and producing players that have all-conference and, and all-American, even NFL success, that guy walks in your living and you pay attention a little bit, too. So that can certainly level the playing field. Um, that happens sometimes, too. Uh, let's move on to Hurd. Um, they got a bandit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he looks like a bandit, like like a bandit, like a bandit. And, and that's the thing, you know, he's listed. I think he's listed as a linebacker. He lines up almost exclusively as a defensive end in high school. We've got tons of tackles for loss. I mean, he he I haven't seen him in person. I've seen the pictures and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you were you were there with me when we saw Jarrett Bartlett in person for the first time when he walked on campus as a true freshman. And we were like, oh, my God, because he was just ripped with muscles six two six three um and and that's a similar role that bartlett played 
when he was in high school. He was a quote-unquote linebacker, but basically played defensive end for his high school and did nothing but pat, rush the passer. And I could see Hurd kind of filling that similar role and, 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 and just coming in, hey, your job, get to the quarterback, that's it. And, and he is a really, really good one. I mean, he, is, he goes to camps. He's been at camps all spring going to different things uh, and walking away with MVPs, but usually as, as, as a defensive end. And he's not a defensive end. He's, he's that bandit. Again, he's, he's a linebacker, a bandit, whatever you want to call him. But I think a lot of people are confused on how to classify him. And, but if his sole job is get to the quarterback, he it might literally be one of the best in the country at that. Okay. <laughs> is that too far? Have I left you speechless? No, of course not. Um, 37 tackles as a junior. Not a prolific number. However, 19 and a half were behind the line, and 10 and a half of those were sacks. So about 30% of his tackles are sacks. And about a 25% are behind the line of scrimmage. So that's pretty good. Don't forget, and you're talking one out of every two is a TFL at that point. Don't forget, too, um, COVID season, that hit him. Then he transferred schools. He's transferring again. And our understanding is he's going to enroll early, which means he'll get planted in January. Not sure how much you expect from a band as a true freshman, but he'll at least get the spring. And imagine him with his, his performance thus far, the way he looks. Imagine him getting a spring in an off season, some special teams, maybe who knows, you might get something at the end of the season, but just him being in a continuous situation with one coaching staff on one campus for an extended period of time after, you know, not playing as a sophomore, playing as a junior on a transfer, playing as a senior on a transfer. It's kind of a, I don't want to say unstable, but not as stable as the situation he's going to enter into here. Um, I mean, that just seems like a good situation for everybody there too. Uh, also New Jersey. I know he's going to be in Philadelphia, but that's a New Jersey guy. And, They've, they've certainly invested in New Jersey when it comes to Chad Scott and Andrew Jackson, and this is one of their gets there, too. A lot of players there, and, and when you think about it, Big Ten programs come in. They can scoop up the cream of the crop, but where else are kids from New Jersey going? Second-cut guys right now. Syracuse, Temple, uh, Rutgers, maybe. I don't know, but there's competition for that second cut, and again, sometimes you're reaching that second shelf or deeper in the second shelf, and you find something, and this seems like a good one here. Um, similarly, although this may sting a little bit more, you have Ohio, where everybody likes to go recruit in this region and find some good finds there. That would include Cameron Calhoun. Celebrated corner edition at the end of March for West Virginia. Then things got a little fuzzy, Chris, before they went haywire um, over the weekend here, too. This is quite a story about a guy who commits. Surprisingly, he was 100% crystal ball to Kentucky. Does a little hat trick, picks West Virginia. Talks about getting an offer from Purdue and maybe taking an OB to Rutgers. He's on campus having a great time. Mom is smitten on Twitter. I think he's on a boat. And that boat apparently takes him to Cincinnati. Um, I didn't do it justice. This seems like a very uh, a very typical, but I guess a, a disappointing story for West Virginia. I don't think they wanted him to go. Yeah, this was a weird one. Um, you know, all the stuff with Purdue and Rutgers and I think at the time when he said something about taking an official visit to Rutgers I said this is something that West Virginia will most likely put their foot down on like you know that that's not not a lot of guys are going to be able to commit very early on and still take visits later that's just not something they're going to be doing I know they kind of let it slide the last couple classes but that was in part due to do COVID and and players not being able to take visits 
uh, for a large chunk of their recruitment and the coaching staff understood, hey, you haven't actually gotten out to see everything, so we understand. And this is not one of those cases. He's been able to see all these places before, so I think them, they obviously um, took him. And there, there will be no, and I told our VIP members this, there is no revisionist history here. You will see a lot of people and a lot of schools and a lot of writers come out. I didn't want him anyway. Ah, they pushed him out. Ah, they did that. West Virginia did not push him out. West Virginia would still take him. Maybe not now, like, but they would have still like signed him as right before he decommitted. Um, I think you know the way he decommitted is leaving a sour taste in some people's mouth. And so maybe not not if he called up and said, actually, I went back in. That might not be the case, but he's good. West Virginia wanted him. He was the top target. And he chose he chose to leave the class. This is not, you know, I, I would say, I don't know, three fourths of the time, 75 percent of the time when you see a kid, quote unquote, decommit. It's not a decommit. It's a. uh Maybe mutual, but a lot of times the school deciding it and just letting the kid kind of save face, basically. But this was the kid's choice, and and he's elected to leave. And, and again, the timing is strange, right? You, you mentioned the social media stuff, right, with it with him and his mom during the official visit, and it's weird for a kid and his family to be on campus and openly recruiting and publicizing everything about the visit and trying to get people to join them. Welcome to the family, this and that. And literally 24 hours later is out of the class and is saying it it was strange. Did you see the follow-up from his mom? I like the mom. I like it. She was very upfront about it. I just kind of saying, you know, Hey, we love Shadon Brown, but kind of don't like. She didn't say we don't like the school, but it was essentially if Shadon Brown were somewhere else, we'd go there. I mean, she did say she didn't like the school, essentially. But I don't know. It's weird. Like you don't come to that conclusion. I think within 24 hours, especially because if you go back and look, and I'm not sure if he's deleted this or not, but Calhoun tweeted something like Sunday while he was still on campus or on his way home. Saying, look for a decision on June 10th or something like that. You know, indicating that something's coming up and that something, now that he's already decommitted, is presumably him committing to Cincinnati. So he wasn't even home yet when he was already made the decision to leave West Virginia's class. And I just can't remember anything like that, where the kid and the whole family's on campus talking it all up, publicly recruiting other people. And then it's just out uh, on their own accord. Got a little Jackson State in here too, Chris. Oh yeah, they've uh, they've kicked the tires here, from what I understand too. So um, I think I threw the line out a long time ago and being all in on Dion down there. And I have some feelers that come back to every so often, but I don't think it's going to happen. In fact, I wrote that he's going to Cincinnati because it seems like that's the obvious outcome there too. But I love that this is this is a, an added element of intrigue right now too. Um, Kerry Coombs is the defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach there. That's another one of the top recruiters in the Big Ten at Ohio State. Um, he's at Cincinnati now. And listen, the Bearcats are number four in the country in recruiting. Yeah. What do they have, like 10 commitments in the last week? Less than a week? Had, 
believe they had nine over the weekend, eight run official visits. So we know who the one that wasn't was. Um, actually, no, because he didn't commit yet. So again, we're, we're presuming here, but I think kids can get spun up in that sometimes too, where people they know from camps or from high schools, because a lot of Cincinnati is going to be local or regional recruiting. Um, guys they know going somewhere, man, that guy's good. I played against him, or I wanted to be on his team, or he ran by me, or whatever. Um, he's going to Cincinnati. I'm going to think about that too. And all of a sudden, everybody's committing. You're like, I think I could get down. And they would do that. And also, listen, they, they've got a good staff. Coombs is one of them. And and West Virginia well knows this. You change from a group of five to a power five, uh, an outside to an inside conference, you learn how to use it. And Cincinnati, all of their success on the field, starting to produce some results now, combining at a time where they end up in the Big 12 with a ton of resources. And these kids will be on that field the first year, the first game maybe too. Um, that's that's hard stuff for them to say no to. This is an exciting time for Cincinnati and, and just where they're located and who their coach is and that he hasn't got anywhere and that they're bringing in big-time coaches and now recruits. Well, this is chugging along to be something pretty cool when they hit the starting line a couple a couple years from now. Not even a couple years from now, when they hit the starting line before too long. Uh, from We're recording this uh, June 8th in the afternoon. Uh, a couple hours ago, they just got another commitment from Kamari Burns, who... Coincidentally, was supposed to official visit to West Virginia later this month, is not doing that anymore. And that gives them 10 public commitments, i.e. not counting Calhoun, 10 public commitments since June 4th. So in four days, they've gotten 10 commitments in their class. It's contagious. How many will stick? We'll see. Don't know. Yeah. Um, West Virginia, one in, one out over the weekend. Big weekend coming up here. Camps on Friday. Uh, excuse me, Thursday and Monday. Um, but let me ask you this, Chris. You, you've written about Rodney Gallagher and Jaheim White recruiting. Read those stories. They're pretty cool. We won't get into that. It's exactly what you think it is. Guys are excited. They want other people to be a part of it. However, it does appear that Gallagher let loose on, I believe it was Instagram, a story or a post, uh, a story, I believe, um, that someone else had committed. Quiet commitment here. Irresponsibly. Talk about who this might be. Who do you think? <laughs> Just start throwing names against the wall. Just throw it out there. Well, I mean, there's a finite list because of people who are on campus and people who right. already had committed, so they can't commit twice. Um, it's not that many people, I guess, unless you got a phone call from somebody who wasn't there and said, hey, cheat late looks cool. I'm going to commit. Unlikely. But there's there's certainly one name attached to him. That would excite people. Uh, seems unlikely, but there are people here who who certainly also fit the bill or the need too. do you have a guess or is that is that too irresponsible for someone well, like you again you put it you put it very well just a second ago there were eight official visitors on campus over the weekend five of the six of them are or were committed or five of them are or were committed calhoun trotter Hurd, white gallagher okay so at least Jaden shepherd who again we we had a story with him up on the site and he is somebody I would keep a very close eye on. Um, he is somebody that could play safety, could play corner. I think he's he's projected more as a safety. We'll see what happens with that one. But he has visits coming up to Memphis and Arkansas. Um, and that's about it. Uh, it, it he kind of made it sound like it was those three schools. And then he told me quite plainly he wanted to make a decision in July, maybe August. So July is mostly a dead period. So if he is making a decision in July or August, and his official visit weekends are taken up over the next couple of weeks. Sounds like it's one of those three schools. And I like West Virginia spot at this point in time. Uh, Justin Benton, 
big time defensive lineman. Big kid. Uh, big, huge kid. And who knows with this recruitment because I think he's changed high schools a couple times. He's had like multiple different top groups. I mean, it wasn't two weeks ago that he released or, well, he did release a top, was it six, eight? And West Virginia was one of those eight, but he had released a previous top group and West Virginia wasn't part of that. But now they are. And now he's officially visiting and it's unclear where he might officially visit after this. So I honestly, I, you know, give me a dartboard and I'll throw it up there blind uh, on that one. And then the only other uncommitted kid on campus was, was Lath Ganim, who apparently maybe committed somewhere else. Not him. Maybe committed to two schools. I Who knows? So this is, if I were a betting man and I had to pick which one of those three that Rodney Gallagher was, uh, may have spilled the beans on, I'd keep a close eye on Shepard just because I feel like West Virginia has been on him a long time. He's been on campus multiple times. Um, and it, it just doing this for God, 12 years now, um, spidey senses of some uh, Timmons, not the right word, uh, hesitant, I guess about some of these other official visits and whether he's not, he's actually going to take them. 30 seconds here, Chris mm-hmm. expectations for the weekend. Hmm. I don't know. I maybe one commitment. I, I don't. Th- I don't want to say it's going to be quiet, but uh, they're expecting a handful of commi- uh, visitors on campus. Uh, one of them's committed. Um, one of them really surprised by Jordan Louis running back. Are they going to take two? I think it's something they weren't going to do, but maybe they are. Tavon Nelson. Maybe that's your Cameron Calhoun replacement. So keep an eye on that. Eamon Smalls, uh, South Carolina kid. Maybe he's the Kamari Burns replacement, even though Burns wasn't committed. Never stops. Now that it's Little League Baseball, we'll cross our fingers that you win games and someone can can fill in your shoes here. But uh, otherwise, if you're here, we know everything will be capably covered. We'll be here to talk about it until then. I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.